time in the mid-8th century, an intrepid young man named Abdurrahman abandoned his home in Damascus, the near-eastern heartland of Islam, and set out across the North African desert in search of a place of refuge. Damascus had become a slaughterhouse for his family. The ruling Umayyads, who had first led the Muslims out of the desert of Arabia into the high cultures of the Fertile Crescent, with the exception of Abdelrahman, the Umayyads were eradicated by the rival Abbasids, who seized control of the great empire called the House of Islam. This sole survivor was undoubtedly too young. He was in his late teens or early twenties to be terrified at the odds against him, nor was his flight westward toward what was the farthest frontier of the Islamic territories as arbitrary or hopeless as it might have seemed. The prince's mother was a Berber tribeswoman from the environs of today's Morocco, which Arab conquerors had reached some years before. From this place, which the Muslims called the Maghrib, the Far West, the descendants of the Prophet and his first followers had brought women such as Abdurrahman's mother back east as brides or concubines for the highest-ranking families to expand and enrich the bloodlines. The Abbasid massacre of the Umayyads in Syria took place in 750. Abdurrahman appeared in the far west five years later, and when he finally reached that distant land, he found that many of his Berber kinsmen had themselves emigrated from there. These non-Arab nomads, who in antiquity had settled between the Sahara and the Mediterranean west of the Nile, had been largely converted to Islam and partially Arabized with the westward expansion of Islam in the 7th century. Beginning in 711, the Muslims, here the Berbers under the leadership of the Syrian Arabs, had pushed across the small sliver of sea that separates Africa from Europe, the Strait of Gibraltar, to the place the Romans had called Hispania or Iberia. Unlike Abdurrahman, who crossed the formidable desert as a political refugee, the Berbers of the Maghrib, along with the Syrians who rode at the head of the troops, were driven by military expansiveness and ambition, as well as by that sense of adventure and the desire for a better life that have motivated pioneers throughout history. Abdurrahman followed their trail and crossed the narrow strait at the western edge of the world, in Iberia a place they were calling Al-Andalus in Arabic, the language of the new Muslim colonizers, he found a thriving and expansive Islamic settlement. Its center was on the banks of a river that wound down to the Atlantic coast, the Big Wadi, today in lightly touched-up Arabic, the Guadalquivir, or Wadi Al-Kabir. The new capital was an old city that the former rulers, the Visigoths, had called Corduba, after the Roman Corduba, which had ruled the city before the Germanic conquest. It was now pronounced Cortuba in the new Arabic accents heard nearly everywhere. The governor of that amorphous and fairly detached frontier province was understandably taken aback by the unexpected apparition of this assumed dead Umayyad prince. Out in these hinterlands, after all, so far from the center of the empire, the shift from Umayyad to Abbasid sovereignty had, until that moment, made little real difference in local politics. The local politics had been shaped, perhaps most of all, by the often murderous rivalries between the majority Berber rank and file and the Arab leadership, 
rivalries within this community of Muslims whose animus would decisively dominate the politics of Al-Andalus, the name used for the ever-shifting Muslim polities of Iberia. Never quite the whole of the peninsula, for half a millennium. The emirs, emir or amir, is the Arabic word for governor, of these Andalusian frontier territories, the westernmost edge of an empire that in the east was then reaching China, had been clients of the Umayyads, fairly autonomous representatives of the rather remote central government. Recent word of the Umayyads' overthrow in Damascus was largely of symbolic importance to Muslims in the West. This was especially so for the majority Berbers, for whom all Arabs were overbearing and brash overlords. Granted, the Arabs had brought the revelation of the true faith to the southwestern reaches of the ruined Roman basin, but they had persisted in treating the Berbers as inferiors, even after most had proven to be enthusiastic converts.